Well, hello there. It's Wake Up With KC. I'm Kimberly. And, you know, during this pandemic and, you know, with the COVID and there's been a lot of lockdowns and whatnot. And I don't know about you, but I took a, what is it that I want to do? You know, what can I change? Because what else am I going to do? Lockdown. Uh, so I started thinking about everything in what I've accomplished, what I struggled and, you know, looked at life in a different perspective. And I know somebody that I've known since high school and he's done some amazing things. And, and he took the same thing concept as myself of reevaluating his life and did a whole transformation. And he joins us today. So please welcome Antonio Piedre. Antonio, welcome. Hi, Kimberly. Hey. hey. So a lot has happened in both of our lives since high school, class of 86, Coconut Creek High. We've um, met through you know reunions, and I do believe our thirty fifth is this year. That's so, scary. Uh, I, <laughs> that's scary. No, to me, it's more exciting. It's like, wow, we lived another five years to get together again, you know. But this pandemic has totally like turned a lot of people's lives upside down, and you've accomplished doing music videos you've done a commercial for movies movies too and movies and and photography too so how did that all come in play when did you discover that that's what you wanted to do well you know they say life happens for us not to us i think to a degree that's accurate but everything i'm doing now just happened by accident really uh, what I thought I wanted to do was not what I ended up doing. It wasn't what I thought it would be. And, uh, you know, I fell into uh, doing uh, television and videos and film uh, by accident. Um, I used to be in exotic car business and uh, uh, ended up not liking it and uh, found myself having to find another trade. And I went into made producing television accidentally, really, just because I was helping a friend out. And I turned out to be good at it. And 20 plus years later, here I am. Wow. And through that process, what did you find that was inspiring? Or like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Do you, do you have any like projects that you did that was really like you even impressed yourself? Mm, well, uh, being in film television in this market has been an uphill battle since day one. Uh, plus, I never went to school for it. So it was just something I picked up. Um, so there wasn't the community down here, the culture that kind of nurtures that talent and the relationships that kind of help you move up the ladder so it's, it's been very challenging uh, if i had to do it all over again i probably would do it very differently would have gone to la much sooner and uh but uh no that's here nor there um 
it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I've kind of done it all, so, in this field. Right. And I know during the pandemic, it sort of hit a lot of people's livelihoods, such as yourself. What did you do during the pandemic in, like, evaluating of, okay, this has happened. This is out of my control. I got to do something. And hey, for me, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I stayed, uh, I didn't see, I stayed home for a while because I was also uh, recovering from surgery. So there were like three months where I didn't see anybody. Uh, and I'd have food delivered to the house and stuff. But uh, uh, I've been writing a book for a couple of years now more than a couple of years. So I, I, I uh, started writing the book again, which I hope to release next year, which is called uh, uh, Live, Dream, Love, Lose, Rinse, and Repeat. So it's about uh, What's that? I said, interesting. Is this about your own journey in life and the experiences and the realizations that you've had? Yeah, yeah. And how they apply to a lot of observations that I've made about uh life and people's beliefs and uh, beliefs that we have as a, as a culture that uh, uh, that are really fractured. Do you remember uh, Bullwinkle and Rocky and Fractured Fairy Tales? Yes. Okay, so life I see as a fractured fairy tale. We think it's going to be like this, and then it's like has really bad twists. And some of them are not so good, and some of them are surprisingly rewarding. So it's my observation on those fractured nuances that we have in life. So, Well, wouldn't you agree that it also is a part, not just society, but our upbringing and, you know, the limited beliefs, the mental programming, and even oh, yeah, yeah. energetic traumas that keep... Oh, yeah. I have a chapter called The Disney Dilemma. I have a chapter called The Disney Dilemma, and it basically breaks down how we're kind of brainwashed as little kids that, you know, uh, the way love is and little girls are princesses and they're going to find their prince and their prince charming and live happily ever after and they'll be taken care of. And that's why that's a that's I think that's a huge contributor why we have so many uh, people that are unhappy in their love lives and 50 year old women running around with little tiaras, uh, <laughs> which sounds funny. But, hey, I've been out and about and I see it. <laughs> Well, that that mentality mindset, yes. Uh, but it's also not just. Like, I'm not settling. Media. I'm not settling till I meet my prince. Hey, wait a minute! You're 53 years old. <laughs> Running wow. out of time, girl. <laughs> but it's also, you know, what we're taught to believe about how love's supposed to be and how relationships supposed to be you know the man's supposed to be you know the expectations of what the man's supposed to do in the relationship and then what the woman's supposed to do in the relationship and it's who, who just comes up with, who comes up with this? that's horrible who comes up with this i think it's uh you know uh, you always hear they say who's they i'd like to get them in a room just shoot them all uh uh a few years ago i was at a dinner party and there was this uh girl uh, her name was Kathy. She was giving a, a relationship advice to all the other girls at the dinner party. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, isn't this the same lady who's on her fourth marriage? What the hell would she know about having a 
successful relationship <laughs> and finding love. <laughs> She's wow. 40 years old on her fourth marriage. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I said, hey, uh, I don't think you should be giving any advice, with all due respect, because some of the stuff she was saying was all wrong, which is kind of wow. like all playing games and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's why you're on your fourth marriage, obviously. Mm-hmm. Those tactics wow. didn't work for you. And uh, it was funny. I said, I told her uh, that uh, what she should be given advice on is a good divorce attorney, because she obviously has one. Oh, my gosh. What did she say? Uh, she got mad, but, you know, everybody else thought it was funny, so hey, it don't matter. Wow. It's amazing how people can, you know, the mindsets, the beliefs, the programmings, and it does come mm-hmm. from society, culture, and religion. Yeah, well, we live in a fast-track culture. I mean, uh, fr- uh, a friend of mine, Kimberly, years ago, called me up, told me she was getting married, and uh, wished her all the best. A year and a half later, I spoke to her again, and she told me she was getting divorced. I was like, what? And uh, what surprised me was her attitude towards marriage, because I asked her, I said, when did you know you were, when did you th- realize that this wasn't going to work out and that you were going to get divorced? And she actually told me the day of her wedding. And then I asked her, why did you get married? She's like, Oh, because the honeymoon was going to be so great, and we got all these gifts. And I figured, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just get divorced. And that's, you know, that's the generation and culture we're in. You know, people think, well, if it doesn't work out, I can always get out tomorrow. So, well, and there's actually, I've met women, I've actually met women in my life that that is almost like their career. They don't have any type of career. And, they're like professional wives. They go from relation to relationship, marriage to marriage. And I probably know half a dozen women that are on their fourth or fifth marriage. That's a lot, I think. I, don't know. I mean, you could say, hey, it's only getting better. Oh, my gosh. That's like, why would you put your time and energy just to go through all that and then relocate, remove? You got to go change your driver's license. That's just too much work. No, sorry. Because well, they look at it as uh, social mobility. You know, um, yeah, I mean, shit, you go to Boca and you'll see a lot of beautiful, uh, single older women that have been married, you know, at least twice don't work, have a nice lifestyle, you know, they're taken care of and, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not the norm, but in certain circles it is, you know, Wow. I mean, being, being in the entertainment business, I mean, there's certain women that only date high profile people and, it's not uncommon to go to New York or LA or Atlanta and meet a, you know, a group of women that just bounce from, you know, singer to actor to athlete. And that's all, that's all they do. And they do nothing else. And those are the relationships they have. Those are the marriages. And, you know, they don't have a profession or any goals outside of life other than, you know, maybe having kids and going to the spa, but you know, that's the, that's the culture that, uh, some people live in wow and what about men have you noticed that there are some men that do the same well men don't necessarily get married for social mobility i mean uh i think uh you know what i noticed the last few years is that men are very cautious about those type of women i can recall being uh in certain uh scenarios with uh male friends of mine that are very successful and older than i am giving me advice on who to stay away from or when we're in a public place and we see in a, you know, a, a group of women, they can 
spot them right away and say, stay away from them. They're only out to, for, you know, ABC. So, um, it's, uh, dating, dating in general is tough enough as it is, but when you're in a certain industry, you got to be careful because there's people that just want to want you to meet them, but they want you to introduce them to somebody or do something for them or, you know, um, but I was doing a lot of high profile stuff. I used to tell the women I dated, Hey, listen, I can't do anything for you. You know, I'm a, I'm just a working guy. I'm low on the totem pole. Yeah. I've done some stuff, but you know, if you're looking for someone to take care of you, I'm not that guy. Right. If you're looking for someone who's got a great personality and will make you laugh and will always have fun. I'm that guy. And uh, some of them laugh and appreciate the honesty and others listen and say, thanks a lot. I won't waste my time then. And they move on to the next guy who hopefully will do something for him. So. Wow. That's a, an interesting concept or mindset. And I wonder where they got it from because that's it's a culture. I mean, you see it on a smaller scale when you go on, uh, uh, when you go on the dating apps and stuff. I mean, there's, uh, you'll see certain women that are on all the apps and there are serial daters and they will go out with several guys and you know, they'll only go out with you if you take them to a certain place, you know, and you know, it's almost kind of like they have a wish list of, okay, these are the places that I want to go to. And they're all high profile, you know, very expensive. Who's who, you know, um, want to be seen. And uh, you know, there's, there's that group of people that are out there. And mind you, there's men like that also that only want to go out with, you know, little trophy girls that, you know, um, uh, I know a gentleman, a uh, very successful uh, Italian gentleman, and um, he kind of likes those kind of women because he knows what he's getting into, you know, and he knows what it's going to cost him. And he's like, you yeah, know, I pay them to have fun and I pay them to go away. Oh, so, wow. Um, yeah, so... This uh, idea of uh, finding this uh, fairy tale or movie or novel type love is, you know, it's, it's as ridiculous as love is at first sight. Uh, it's, it's only TV and movies. And uh, there's, I run away and shy away from uh, adults that still think like that because uh, you just got to look at the, the statistics. I mean, statistically, 50% of all marriages end in three years. And the remainder 50% and within seven years. So that's a hell of a lot of people that made a mistake about love at first sight. Well, yeah. So they're, they're, they're obviously, you know, what these people, these are, the, these are the same people that said, you just know, you just know, I saw her, I saw him, and I just knew they were the one. No, no, they weren't. You wouldn't be divorced. You wouldn't be fighting over child support and, the house and complaining about, you know, losing the better years of your life. If you actually knew, if you, you know, if those, yeah, I always say, um, when you get those, those butterflies in your stomach, um, uh, what's that thing I used to say a lot? Oh, uh, things that start with a sizzle end with a fizzle. <laughs> you know, So the more excited that you get when you meet someone, the worse it's going to be for you in the end. And it, it, it's always like that. Look, Elizabeth Taylor, she was married seven times. Every time she met someone, he was the one. Wow. You know, I, would you take advice from her? If she wrote a, a book about love, it'd probably be a bestseller. And 
you know, I'd, I'd pray for the people who would take her advice because, you know, they'd end up like her. Wow. You know, but um, I think uh, my grandma gave me the best advice, which is uh, um, be with a person. Um, keep, I'm trying, she, she would say it in Spanish. I'm trying to translate it. She would say, um, the, the woman you want to end up with is the woman that will live with you uh, and love you uncondition unconditionally, living under a bridge as she would living in a castle. To her, it's the same. It doesn't matter. Wow. You know? And right. uh, my best relationships have actually been when I almost don't have a pot to piss in. So go figure. Interesting. Yep. As a matter of fact, I just saw a great movie called uh, The Big Short. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to see it. It's got an all-star cast. And um, um, uh, what's the actor's name that played Batman in uh, the Chris Nolan movies? Um, oh, dog darn it. Uh, his name ah, escapes me. Top of my tip of my tongue and I can't. Oh, what is his name? Anyway, the character that he plays was a... Uh, uh, the brilliant guy who had Asperger who figured out that we were going to have a real estate bubble a year before it happened. He's a guy that predicted it. He made $300 million cutting deals uh, uh, that made him money when the bubble burst. And um, he, right after that, after he made his money, he got out of the business because he said it was a horrible industry to be in. And he met his wife online. And, uh, uh, he was very concerned about people wanting to be his friends or marry him just because he had a lot of money. So when he met someone he liked online, he both basically told them that he was handicapped and he was broke. And she still loved him. And he said, that's the one I want to marry. And that, and he, and he ended up marrying her. That's the woman he married. So oh, wow. before they met, she thought he was handicapped and she thought he was broke, but that was okay. So, uh, Better advice than that? No. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think there's a misconception on, you know, what love really is. And if you, I think everyone looks on the outside for love instead of looking on the inside. We are love. It's inside of us. We just got to learn how to go within to tap into it. And then once you really get to know yourself and love yourself, you make space to love somebody else. And I sure, think that's half the battle. Absolutely. Yeah. But the other half is finding that person, that other person. And, you know, you, you really don't know till you take that leap of faith and try to connect. And, you know, and the problem I think lies with most people is that they look for all the wrong things. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, if, if you, if you talk to a girlfriend of yours that just met a guy, ask her, ask her, tell me about, Tell me about the, the guy you met, Jason, and, and see what comes out of her mouth. See how she describes him. Does she describes what he does for a living, what he drives, where he lives. Does she talk about his sense of humor? Is he generous? Is he a family person? So, you know, those, those, those first things that she describes within the first 30 seconds really reveals much more about her than it does about the person that she met. Oh, wow. I, I look when, at you, when you when you have when you when you have a guy friend and he tells you Kimberly I just met a wonderful girl and you ask oh what's she like if he says oh she's really hot and you know 
she works out and she's got great legs. And, you know, it's like, I still don't know anything about that person. Now, if he says she's got a big heart, you know, she's got two kids, she's a family oriented person, you know, she, she uh, does yoga, but she's not one of these girls that always takes selfies. You know, uh, she goes to church. You know, it gives you a better idea of what the person's like. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And you, you see what he's valuing also. So I think, uh, in short, our society really puts value in all the wrong things. I mean, look at the kids. You know, it's all about bling and the, having the right car and the right place to live and the, the image. One of the things I discovered when I was doing a lot of music videos was a lot of these rappers, they didn't own those cars. They didn't own those homes. Those cars were rented. Uh, those homes, most of them will never own, much less rent. The girls in the videos, they'd have to pay for, you know, or, right. or really, yeah, they'd have to pay for it one way or another. So, you know, it's all, uh, it's all, a uh, really like bad imagery. Uh, it's all an illusion. You know, it's, it's, uh, it was disappointing and kind of. Kind of sad, really. Wow. I, I remember I did a music video for this artist in a uh, big music video in Orlando. And we, we were shooting outside the club. And one of the scenes was where they jump in the Bentley and they start driving towards the camera like they're driving away. And we had to shoot that take, which should have been done in one take. We had to shoot it like seven or eight times. Because the guy didn't know how to drive. <laughs> and he kept pressing buttons like the, the high beams or the windshield wipers or the car would, you know, do this, you know. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, just put your car, put the car, put the, put the, um, put the car on drive and put your foot on the brake. And when we say action, just release the pedal slowly and just let the car move forward. Don't even put your foot on the gas. Just let it. Slowly, we'll do the rest. And uh, after the video, after we shot the video, he was trying to bum a ride home. <laughs> that was funny. I was like, wait a minute. How did you get here? Wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's like they say fake it till you make it. You know, so uh, most of those people just end up faking it till they die, really. Wow. Um, you never hear of a lot of them after, uh, after a while. And you don't, honestly, you don't like look at some of the, you know, we grew up in the eighties. It's like, where are they now? Kind of thing. What, you know, the only one that I honestly know that has made a difference is John Bon Jovi, you know? That's a whole different, uh, yeah, that's a, that's in a whole different category. Stratosphere. There's only, there's only one John Bon Jovi. There's only a handful of people that are like that, but um, yeah, he's a, uh, Bon that's, an American, that's an American rock institution. That's a whole different thing. I mean, 120 million records. Come on. But I know, I know a lot of smaller uh, celebrities from the 80s and 90s that, uh, you know, look like normal lives now, or you know, they'll do like these reunion tours. Um, you know, they live pretty normal lives unless they've really, really hit it big. And, you know. Now, let me ask you something since you've been in the industry. A lot of times, even like you've met some um, professional athletes, you know, they're not, 
prepared for major success and um, and what to do with their money when they get that success so yeah, it's, the same, it's the same thing with uh whether you're an actor or a, a rapper or a singer or an artist because they all have certain shelf lives yeah they uh they'll go through their money real fast and they'll end up working at footlocker or um you know selling cars or real estate or something yeah, so, um, yeah they don't know how to manage their money yeah, that's a that's a whole that's a whole art. I mean, you gotta. I I haven't mastered that either. It's uh, you know you gotta have a good business sense. Well, a business coach and someone that's in the expert field in the film and acting that will say, okay, you're gonna make this much. You have an agent that has a contract, then why not have a coach that like okay, that's already been there, done that, retired to be able to direct others that like here this is how you manage your money and you got to put it towards this well, there, there's a misconception also that all these athletes are rich they're not i mean uh you know for example uh, if you look at what uh, the players on, on the heat make you know yeah you'll have your top three players making 18 20 million or whatever but as you go down the roster i mean you know lowest paid player might be making 250,000 a year, which is a far stretch from 18 million. You know, the average salary might be 400,000. You, you got to remember that, you know, uh, if you're an athlete and let's say you have a, you have a, uh, let's say, let's say you play six years professionally, which is, you know, there's a lot. I mean, there's athletes that break that rule, you know, like Brady and stuff, but most athletes don't play 10 years, but let's say, let's say you, let's say you did play 10 years, um, you know, uh, and you're making, uh, let's say you're making a million dollars a year, which is probably higher than the average, but 50% of that goes to taxes. Mm -hmm. And you got 20% goes to uh, a, a, a business manager. Then you got 15% that goes to an agent. So that million dollars a year is actually like 300,000. Of real disposable income, you know. Right. So a million dollars a year isn't a million dollars a year. Just like when you win the lotto, you know, you win a hundred million dollar, you know, Powerball. You know, when you get the check, that hundred million dollars is only fifty-two million. Yeah. And you're like, hey, where'd the money go? Because why don't you take it in a lump sum and taxes? Yeah, taxes. Yeah. So people don't realize that. Um, they think. Uh, you know, someone makes $20 million a year. They're like, oh, they're set for life. Eh. And they're actually making 10. And after they pay their management, uh, eight. And then they have, you know, they have their trainer and whatever personal coach and, you know, their personal business manager. So that's another million and a half or two million. So now they are down to like six million. Yeah. You know, which is still a lot of money, but it's not, it's not, uh, what? It's not what they thought. Right. So during this pandemic, what did you come to realize and how are you transforming your life? Well, I realized I was spending too much time on all the wrong things. You know, um, uh, a few years ago, I had friends that were telling me, hey, you got to focus on some other businesses that kind of help you through the tough times. And um, uh, I kind of 
drifted away from the things I was passionate about and try to become, I tried to become a little business savvy. I tried a few businesses that failed epically, lost a lot of money. Um, and I wasn't happy, you know? So then I, you know, then I heard, a uh, I heard a great, uh, graduation inspirational video from, uh, Jim Carrey, this, this speech that he did. And, uh, there's something that he said that rang, uh, which was, uh, uh, you know, why try and fail, fail at the things that you hate doing when you can, you know, fail at the things you love to do. And I thought, well, you know, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a, that's even, even the bad outcome is a pretty good one, you know? Right. Because at least you're doing something that makes you happy. So, um, you know, I haven't achieved the level of success yet in my industry, but, um, you know, I haven't given up on it either. And it makes me happy to, to try to, you know, push these projects forward. I, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, you know, we, we all don't become successful at 18 and, you know, uh, Wayne Huizenga didn't make it big till he was like 56 years old. So, yeah, that's true. Um, but you're, you're doing some things a little differently. You've gotten back into photography and can you explain what it is that you're doing with photography now? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, taking a little more seriously. You know, everything that I've done up to now has been kind of like, you know, I've just had like a natural talent. I really hasn't really haven't uh nurtured or studied you know it's kind of like um i was amused to find out that the beatles didn't know how to read music you know they just picked up a played hey what sounded good what felt good and it wasn't until years later that some of them tried to learn how to read music and write music um so i'm, I'm just actually learning uh years after being a decently pretty successful photographer uh, learning the, the actual concepts behind photography and lighting and stuff like that. So that's kind of interesting. I, I kind of do things backwards. <laughs> it's like you do it, figure it out, wing it, yeah. and then go back and say, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I've done some shoots where I do some great stuff and I sell it for a lot of money. And then people ask me how I did it or they want me to replicate it, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I did or how I did it. I just, you know, it felt right. It looked right. And voila, you know. Uh, staying in, like, being in alignment and attuned with your intuition and just letting that energy flow to create the masterpiece or, you know, whatever it is, that, that end result. And yeah. it... And, and, I, and I see, I hear that. I... I, I watch a lot of interviews and biographies with different types of artists, whether they're actors or theater or musicians or whatever. And I hear a lot of musicians when they go, uh, when they have these sessions, they go in a room and they just start playing around till something feels and sounds right, you know, and sometimes they don't know exactly what they did. And someone's got to go back and say, Hey, remember it sounded something like this, like, Oh, okay. You know, um, the most recent, uh, story i heard was oh yeah it when uh, uh david bowie got together with queen and they were writing under pressure under mm -hmm. pressure one night uh in switzerland in a studio and uh they were just uh fiddling around and uh uh duncan came out with that bass line that famous bass line and and uh, it's just something that felt right 
And later on that night, when they decided to record a song, they couldn't remember what the bass line sounded like. And they, you know, they were like, oh, wait a minute, you know, try it like this. And, you know, fortunately, David Bowie remembered exactly uh, what it was like. But uh, you hear some interesting stories from other types of artists on how they, how they work, you know, how they create. And uh, uh, you kind of realize and see there's no real, there's no one true way to do it. Everyone has their own method. So I just kind of wing it, you know, but you can only wing it for so long. You got to, I think there comes a time where you got to actually learn the craft, you know? Mm -hmm. so, but uh, with your photography work, because I've seen pictures of models that you've done and whatnot, but isn't the a true saying that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder? Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you, you give a camera to three people in a room and you tell them to shoot a subject, you'll see three different points of view. Mm -hmm. um, I see beauty very differently. Uh, I, you know, I've shot a lot of high-profile models, Playboy, Maxim type, very sexy fashion stuff. But my shots are always very different. I mean, I don't do your, you know, show me your, you know, booty type thing. But my pictures are very sexy but very tasteful. And uh, I always focus on the face. You know, I'm not... Body's nice, but all the, you know, all the beauty and drama and life experience and expressions and feelings and everything come from the face. So mm -hmm. I, I'll always focus on on the face, some kind of natural gesture or some something yeah. they want. Yeah, it's yeah. I like using humor, also if they do something that I think is whimsical, that that's natural to them. Some kind of gesture, I'll try to get them to do that naturally rather than pose. I don't, I'm not too crazy about people that pose and, you know, uh, that's why you go on Instagram or these whatever social media and you see, you know, a model or a regular person with the same damn pose, a thousand pictures with the same pose. You know, um, I kind of, I'll let the person do whatever they want to do if they want to pose and I'll take as many pictures as possible. And the pictures that I use are always one that, they would never be able to pose for because they would never, uh, they never feel it, you know, they'd uh -huh. never be, uh, uh, they wouldn't have that awareness. You know, I'll, I'll get them when they're, when they least expect it. You know, I always say I'm, uh, I'm like a sniper, you know, when it comes to shooting, uh, I look for that one opportune moment, to grab that, that moment, that, 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 that scene, you know, um, and sometimes you got to take a lot of pictures for that one shot. And sometimes you just got to wait for the right time and get lucky. Wow. Yeah. And during this, mm -hmm. uh, pandemic, you, you, you talk about the book, but there's something else that you're getting. Oh, well, the, into. Yeah. Well, the pandemic, uh, I, I used it as a, uh, a time for self-improvement and, and reflection. So I kind of, was thinking about uh, what I don't like about my life and what I wanted to change. Uh, I took up the time to uh, write a couple scripts that I've been uh, thinking about for a while that I'm developing and to uh, finish writing my book. I was doing a lot of writing and that's a skill I, uh, I've kind of picked up the last few years. So I'm taking a creative writing class in the fall. 
college level to kind of my writing skills there. Yeah. I'm taking Italian also. Oh, yeah. Italian. So I'm gonna I'm taking that uh, uh, second summer session. So that should be interesting. And uh, yeah, because I want to go to Italy next year. So. Oh wow! Good for you. Let's see what happens. Well, yeah. I I'm so excited that I got to finally get you on my show. We've been in touch here and there because our you know, different things going on, different projects and whatnot. And I'm glad uh, that, you know, everything is working out for you. And what can you tell others that are watching or listening about true passion and, and their desire for anything that they want to pursue in life? Hmm. Um, Well, you know, I, I always, um, even though sometimes I may not have adhered to it, but I, I try to follow some of the golden rules, which the number one rule for me is believe nothing you hear and only have what you see. So, um, you know, there's always opportunities coming up that arise for things that you want to do. So um, I always bet things. Um <clears throat> And, um, you know, before going into doing something that you think you're passionate about is assess, evaluate, well, what, what's the end result? How do you want to feel? What are you looking to get out of it? Because a lot of people start doing things and they really don't know what they're trying to get out of it. And then they're unfulfilled, you know. And uh, ironically, some of those people, once they start thinking about it, you know, they realize, that, oh, yeah, I guess I am fulfilled. I am getting what I'm getting out of it. I'm just not aware of it. But you, you know, you want to be in, in a, a mindset of constant awareness. I think that's key. You know, uh, yeah, be in that state of awareness. You know, uh, progress. You know, seeing how you progress and uh, uh, assessing what the fruit of those efforts are. You know, is it uh, a feeling? which uh, I think is the most important thing. Is it monetary? I mean, if you're doing things for just money, it's you're going to be unhappy and disappointed. It never works out. Um, uh, I mean, some of those lessons I learned the hard way. When I was doing some of my biggest projects, when I was doing videos for like Christina Aguilera and Missy Elliott and some of the Pitbull stuff, I mean, uh, I really didn't enjoy that time in my life. You know, I was always thinking about the bigger, better thing and, you know, uh, I would probably tell my younger self to enjoy that time, enjoy the moment a little more than I did. But, um, yeah. Wow. Did I answer your question? I don't know. I felt like I was rambling. No, no, you're, you're very good. But then it would be like, you know, during my self-evaluation i did my you know what are my beliefs do they serve a purpose or are they limiting me you know what are my emotions and feelings and energy attached to those you know does this belong in my future where i want to go and what are the habits that i created 
that no longer serves me as well. So it's like going really deep in, you know, especially if there's a, a blockage or something not coming through or breakthrough kind of thing. Don't you think that, wait a minute, what's, what am I doing? What are my We all have belief systems that I think uh, contributes to who we are. Beliefs are great. And, uh, you know, we find inspiration, motivation behind them. Um, I'm not too big on emotions because emotions, if you do things based on emotions, it always leads you down the wrong path. So emotions don't serve us. Um, uh, I think it's uh, more important what we do and uh, how, the, how our actions uh, correlate with our belief system. And then the, the fruit of that or the manifestation of that, uh, I think will create the right emotions if we're the type of person who, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm an emotional person. I'm passionate. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to be happy. Uh, oh, that's something I learned uh, last few years. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't aware that there's a difference between being happy and and, and, uh, and being joyful. Uh -huh. And, uh, oh, my battery's going to die. My bad. Oh, no. Oh, I lost you. Are you there? Well, we got cut off short. His battery just died. And you know what? Antonio is a very good-hearted person, and he always sees and believes that, you know, just do good, live for the moment, live for today. He had some challenges that he shared with us, and I wish him the best. Oh, and he's back. Yay! I'm a two percent. How'd back. I do? You're back. We're still live. So I was Yay. just talking about you. We're live. And... Live with Kimberly. <laughs> Hi, this so... is Antonio. We're in Coral Springs on location at Rita's Frozen Custard. And how was it? It was delicious. There okay, so like I was saying before, we get disconnected again. There's a difference between being happy and having joy in your life. A lot of people don't know the difference. Being happy is uh, is fleeing. It's 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 a moment. It's a moment in time. And uh, be having joy in your life is a, is a constant. So I learned that I rather have joy in my life than be happy. Oh wow, that's mm -hmm. a, an interesting. Perception. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Antonio, I thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to having more interviews with you. And you have your show coming, your book coming. Thank um, you. It was fun. Oh, yeah. And I got a podcast coming up. It's oh! called Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. And I'm launching it at the end of the year. It's about modern love and relationships. I definitely want to be on that show with you. Yeah, I got some really great co-hosts also. Hey, I'll, I'll have you on too. But uh, right. yeah, it'll be fun. But good well, talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Yes. And enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll talk thanks to you Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you go.
it is a wonderful uh, talking to Antonio, catching up with him and finding out, you know, what he's been up to and to share his message. And I look forward to next Monday's episode. So you got to stay tuned and more to come on Wake Up With KC here. Bye. See you next Monday.